0: Well, we got Houston, we got Alabama, and we got Kansas. But apparently, Purdue doesn't want to be the fourth number one seed anymore. Who on earth is it going to be?
1: You are Locked On College Basketball, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day.
0: Hey there, what's up? Welcome into the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. This is my guy, Andy Patton. I'm Isaac Shade, and we are your co-hosts of the only year-round daily National College Hoop Show out there. And yes, I am eating lemon Oreos right now. You probably don't know why. Andy does. I do. And we'll tell you about it later. That's called foreshadowing. (laughs) Coming up on today's show, we have some epic buzzer beaters and comebacks, our Monday bubbly six-pack, and our top eight seeds, all four number ones, all four number twos, but we got to start in West Lafayette, Indiana, where somehow Trace Jackson Davis came in, had a miserable game in the home that Gene Cady built, and yet the Hoosiers complete a season sweep of the Purdue Boilermakers. Andy Patton, how on earth did this happen? I'm going to eat.
1: <laughs> well, three words for you. Jalen Hood Shafino. Is, is there a high high point point point. in there somewhere? <laughs> you know what? Three, two, whatever it may be. Uh, Hood <laughs> Shafino, absolutely incredible performance from the freshman here against Purdue. 35 points, 14 to 24 shooting. He had seven boards, he had a pair of assists just absolute monster in this game. Purdue had no answers for him. It's something that we've talked about a little bit on the pod before is is Purdue's their, their guards are really young and they're very, very talented, but they're young. And so you can see some opportunities for them to kind of get exploited. Now, obviously Shafino is also a freshman. So it wasn't (laughs) an advantage of like a older guy, you know, a more senior guy taking advantage here was another freshman, but he just went to absolute work and Purdue really, really struggled here. And, And Zach Eady, he got his, as he does, 26 points, 16 rebounds, another one of those games for Zach Eadie. But it wasn't the easiest. He shot under 50% from the field, which is unusual for him. And he just didn't get any help. Smith was 2'11 from the field. Lawyer was 4 of 12 from the field. The team for Purdue, Isaac, they shot under 35%. You just cannot do that. You cannot do that. Indiana picks up another huge win. And now Purdue's in a spot. They've lost three of their last four. They've lost four of their last six. Their only wins out of their last six games are Iowa State – or excuse me, Iowa and Ohio State. Neither team that has been particularly competitive in the Big Ten this year. This is a team that is in kind of dire straits, and we're going to have a conversation about whether they deserve to be on the one seed, the one line right now. But I guarantee you for Matt Painter and for their team right now, they're less focused on that. They're focused on what can we do to right the ship here because we got to figure this out before the NCAA tournament, before March. we only got a couple more days. And then we're in March and Purdue, they got, they got some stuff they got to figure out.
0: That's a great point, Andy. We're sitting here so concerned about seeding. They're just like, how do we win a freaking basketball yeah. game over here? Right? Yeah. Like, um, now to be fair, let's go back. Start of the season. No one expected this to happen. Mm-hmm. So still big picture. Purdue has far, mm-hmm. far exceeded every expectation any of us had for them. And for that. Mm-hmm. Big applause to Matt Painter who does it year after year yep. after year. Give me an unheralded freshman backcourt and I'll just turn them mm-hmm. into something awesome. And all of a sudden, here's Zach Eady as the front runner for the national player of the year. So mm-hmm. you know what? Great job. Yep. But given what the the heights that they ascended to, Purdue's definitely taken a step back at this mm-hmm. point. Um, and so they got to get some stuff figured out. I'm really, this is making me really, really interested to see what's going to happen in the big 10 tournament. Mm -hmm. Now Northwestern, this opened the door for them. They've lost now two in a row. And so, uh, Indiana taking some big steps forward. And I, man, like if Shafino can be this level of consistent, I mean, he's got double digit scoring and it's either six or seven games in a row. Now Mm -hmm. you hear that. With Trace Jackson Davis, you pair that with Race Thompson being back healthy with Miller Cop yeah. doing work. Um, Indiana's coming on strong, and that's equally as much as part of the story here as is Purdue. Meanwhile, Andy, we had two other games between ranked opponents on mm-hmm. Saturday, a top-10 matchup between Texas and Baylor, where the Bears get off the skid 81-72 mm-hmm. over Texas. Keep an eye on Keontae George left the game with a rolled ankle for the Bears. Could be bad. As for Texas, we've talked about how much more difficult their schedule is than mm-hmm. Kansas down the stretch. Kansas beat West Virginia and is now in the driver's seat to win yet another Big yeah. 12 regular season championship and then uh saint mary's went into gonzaga gales are 15 zags 12 looking the zags were to get some revenge and boy did they 77 68 for a share of the regular season championship and now we uh as we by the time you're listening to or watching this we will have had monday's refresh of the net rankings and we will know who gets the one seed Mm -hmm. in a CC tournament, it looks like it's going to be St. Mary's, yeah. and that is wild and weird. So, congrats mm-hmm. to the Gales who get an NIT bid. <laughs> well, also, Andy, we, uh, as we alluded to earlier, given Purdue's loss, we're starting to wonder now, are they still a one seed? And that is mm-hmm. very much in question. In fact, we put up a Twitter poll asking. Hey, we believe that it's Houston, Alabama, and Kansas right now. But who is the fourth other number one seed? Is it Purdue, UCLA, Texas, or other? And I'm curious, folks, if you're watching or listening, uh, chime in. uh, Say something in the comments if you're watching on YouTube or whatever. But the results are, I I guess I would have expected the top of this, but not the bottom of it. Hmm. UCLA gets 47% of the vote. Purdue, 32%. Other got 10.9%. And then Texas was below other at 9%. And so uh, the, the nation is saying UCLA is the team with the best shot at that fourth number one seed right now. So Andy, now we flip this to you and me with our turn to say, do you agree with the nation or do you think they're dumb and somebody else should be that other fourth number one seed?
1: I'm going with UCLA as well. I think UCLA deserves that spot right now. I think... They they don't have any bad losses. They, yeah. they, you could make some arguments about some of the wins that they have, and, and I think that's reasonable. But they don't have any bad losses, yeah. and they Illinois, have,
0: Baylor, Arizona, USC. Just for those two are one. And US,
1: USC and Arizona were both on the road too. So like, like that. That's a pretty darn good resume. And those
0: are both tournament teams. I mean, yeah. UCLA we'll talk about later, but yeah.
1: yeah, yeah. All all good teams. I think this is a, a strong resume for for UCLA. I I'm curious about them from a, I'm just curious how they're going to actually do they, They're a very, very strong team. They're balanced. Uh, their front court depth is something that I would have a little bit of reservations about uh, in particular. I think if they play some experienced bigs who can get some of their younger bigs in foul trouble, we could see some issues down the line, but in terms of deserving a one seed, yes, I think that they are right there with Houston, mm-hmm. with Alabama, with Kansas. Uh, as you kind of alluded to, I don't think any of those three teams are debatable right now. Certainly, things could change. Yes, Houston yes. is the most precarious, just by the simple fact that their losses mean more at this point. Just because if they were to lose in the in the turn in the conference tournament, they might have a harder time convincing somebody to keep them as a one seed. But for the for the best, most part, Houston, Alabama, Kansas, borderline locks at this point. UCLA, Purdue, they're in that conversation. Uh, Baylor, a couple other teams right there. I'm going UCLA to finish out the one seeds. Uh, For my two seeds, Purdue, obviously, right in that conversation, Baylor, Texas, both those two teams, uh, that result didn't change my mind on either of them. They're both two seeds for me right now. Uh, And then Kansas State. Three big 12 schools all on the two line. Uh, I debated a long time. Isaac can attest while we were taking notes. I debated a long time on who to put in that final spot on the two line. And I think there's a strong argument for, for multiple other programs. Uh, For me, it was, it came down to Kansas state, Arizona, and Marquette. Uh, Ultimately Arizona's recent loss to Stanford. And then their most recent loss to Arizona state, which we'll talk about momentarily. uh, Just, I, I can't, put them on the two line with those two losses, Uh, a straw, a finish over UCLA, which they play them later uh, to close out the season. If they beat UCLA, make a deep run in the PAC 12 tournament, we can have a different conversation. But for right now, uh, I have them just outside of being a two seed.
0: Well, for me, yeah, same thing. Bama, Houston, Kansas locked and loaded for now. Mm -hmm. I went actually with Texas over UCLA and I, Mm -hmm. man, just, I, same thing you were talking about. I just flip flop these two teams back and forth. Yep. Kind of as you alluded to a lot of it for me with UCLA is that they don't have any like big time, massive jump off the page, googly eye cartoon thing mm-hmm. wins yeah. that, that make me go, Oh boy, mm-hmm. let me, let me get some of that UCLA candy going on. Mm-hmm. Right? and And I trust them, right? Like I feel like when the lights turn on in March, they're going to be there. They're going to deliver. A lot of that is because of the experience of Tiger Campbell and Jaime Hawkes mm-hmm. and Mick Cronin, who's an incredible coach. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just like, I want to see it with Texas. Yeah. We have yep. because of the big 12 conference. Yep. And I know there's like, even me, I withheld judgment as we went from Chris Beard to Rodney Terry. Mm-hmm. But to me, they have delivered. Yes, I know they, they just lost. I know they just lost at Baylor, mm-hmm. but, everyone loses on the road. Right. right. Like, so I I think they just have so much great guard play. Any, Mm -hmm. uh, we talked about on Friday's show, like any of these guys could go off at any moment, whether it's Jabari Rice or whomever. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, Dylan DeSue had a massive game. It was huge. Right. And so uh, for me, it's Texas. And I think it's because they're tried and tested more than UCLA is for now. Um, would love to see them play on a neutral court. Let's be honest about that. But then I do. I have UCLA as my top two seed, followed by Purdue and then Baylor and K-State. I Here's something that's been troubling to me lately is Baylor's defense. They're like 90 something at Ken Palm right now. Mm-hmm. That's something to keep an eye on. K-State, what a story that they, they've yeah. jumped back up. I love it. I love it. Marquette was that next one for me that I almost put them into the two line. Mm-hmm. Um, but after that, it's Arizona and Gonzaga for yeah. me rounding out those that are just outside that top eight boy. We got a lot of teams that can win a national championship. Andy, it's fun.
1: Well, Isaac. We had not one, not two. We had three Epic buzzer beaters on Saturday, as well as an all time comeback by Iowa over Michigan oh. state. We're going to rank these fantastic finishes Ooh. coming up in a second, but first, Today's episode of the Lockdown College Basketball Podcast is brought to you by Built Bar. If you're looking for a delicious treat, but you don't want all the fat and calories, then you've got to try a Built Bar. We just got through the holidays, and I know my goal is to eat a little bit healthier this year. <laughs> if you're like me where you want to eat healthier, but you don't want to compromise taste, then I have got just the thing for you. You've got to try Built. With Built, healthy is actually tasty. What makes Built Bar so good? Well, for starters, they are covered in 100% real chocolate. That's right, real chocolate. And they come in unbelievable flavors like churro and peanut butter brownie. I'm not sure how Built does it, but these bars taste like a candy bar while maintaining amazing macros. They have 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar with a whopping 17 grams of protein. And now you don't need to wait around to get a box. For years, we've been talking about how you need to order your Built bars at Built.com. Now you can get them through your local Walmart or Sam's Club. That's right, head to your nearest Walmart today, walk to the pharmacy section and grab yourself a four bar box of cookies and cream or swing by Sam's Club and get a big supply of churro flavored. You will not be disappointed. Bill Bar, a proud sponsor of the Locked On Podcast Network.
0: I'm just over here eating my lemon Oreos, no big deal. (laughs) Isaac's still enjoying his
1: lemon Oreos, not Bill's lemon Oreos, unfortunately. I guess we don't have those. Uh, But guys, there was an extraordinary... Slate of basketball games on Saturday. I hope that everybody found themselves a comfortable spot on the couch or on the <laughs> bar stool or in the hot tub, wherever you might've been with the TV watching some hoops because it was extraordinary the amount of different high-level finishes that we saw. We're going to go through four specific ones that were all, it was impossible to pick which ones of these were the best, which ones of these were the ones to lead with. So we're going to talk about all four of them. and We're going to let you decide which one you thought was the most epic your favorite etc whatever it may be first the first one i want to talk about we kind of alluded to arizona and their loss to arizona state in case you weren't sure how it happened this is the situation number seven arizona at home against their bitter rival the sun devils of arizona state arizona state hung around all game long and at the final second inbounded the ball to desmond cambridge cambridge took a couple dribbles he was They're going to call this a half-court buzzer beater. And if you watch the highlights, he was beyond half-court. It is clear that he was at least two strides, maybe a long stride. These guys are tall. Maybe a long stride away from being at the half-court line. He pulled up. Bang. Nothing but the bottom of the net. Big, huge win for Arizona State. Puts this team back on the bubble. Uh, A devastating loss for Arizona, as we already discussed. It potentially cost them an entire seed line. Anytime you lose a game that costs you a seed line, it's bad to lose a game that costs you a seed line on a buzzer beater at home on senior night against your rival. I got to imagine Tommy Lloyd had a hard time sleeping on Saturday night.
0: Oh, it's painful. Andy, no one wants to win the ACC regular season this year. We'll talk about Virginia in a little bit, but the other was Miami, Mm -hmm. uh, who is playing at home, the number 13 team in the nation against Florida State, who just, to put it kindly, is terrible. Uh, They're outside the top 200 at Mm -hmm. Ken Palm. Poor Leonard Hamilton's team has just had a rough year. Um, And and Miami had a 25-point lead in this game. 23-point lead at the half. And then here comes Florida State with the largest comeback in ACC history. Jordan Miller makes a three-pointer in the corner for Miami with five seconds left to give the Canes a two-point lead. And it's like, oh, we got this. No siree, Bob. Matthew Cleveland comes down for the Noles and gets a three to give Miami their first home loss of the season. Ridiculous stuff there.
1: The next one, this is the only one that's not a buzzer beater. But I think that it counts,
0: right, Isaac? Oh, this this probably
1: counts.
0: Honestly, and this was the first, like chronologically, this was the first one that happened. And it was like, what are we doing? This
1: game set the tone on Saturday. Iowa's comeback win over Michigan State. For those of you who did not see this one, the Hawkeyes were down 13, not with six minutes to go, not at halftime. They were down 13 with 90 seconds to go. I have not seen very many, if any, games that changed winner at that point. 90 seconds left, down 13. They were down 10 with 40 seconds to go. And shortly after, Fran McCaffrey gave the most epic <laughs> stare down to an official that I have ever seen. It was so awkward. Life. It was one of the strangest things I've ever seen. Regardless, down 10, 40 seconds to go. Iowa decides we're never going to miss another shot. They scored 23 points in 90 seconds, 23 points. They're making Tracy McGrady proud with how many points they can score in a short period of time. They managed to force overtime because Michigan state went under a screen despite being up three points in the final five seconds. I do not know why they made that decision. I Iowa- Bangs in a three, goes to overtime. Anytime a team scores 23 points in 90 seconds to force overtime, I'm guessing that those teams do not then lose in overtime. That would be pretty surprising. Iowa held up their end of the bargain, end up winning by six. 112 to 106, highest scoring Big Ten game of the season. Devastating loss for Tomazzo and Michigan State. But what a fun game for us to get to watch for Iowa.
0: Yes, indeed. And the fourth one, the one that happened latest at night. And mm-hmm. this this had bubble implications, all sorts of bubbly here, mm-hmm. Andy Patton. San Diego State goes to New Mexico and all the wildness they've had this season. Walks mm-hmm. away with a 73-71 win, thanks to a Lamont Butler, pull up three as mm-hmm. the clock expired. New Mexico has now lost six of their last seven. They're only seven and nine in Mountain West play and there's six in the conference behind San Jose State. Dude, I mean, New Mexico's got to be done and like and that's not even this just is the last undefeated
1: game. team in the country. They're yeah.
0: the last and undefeated team in the country. Now
1: six plates in the Mountain West. What a turnaround.
0: Oh, uh, and and what like so they're done but they're emotionally done cuz this yeah. happened and yeah. Lamont Butler's daddy is proud. He retweeted my tweet about it. You yeah. love to see a dad giving <laughs> his boy all his yeah. flowers. Yeah. So, Andy, the question then becomes which was the more, most impressive of these four things? Let, let me put it here first. Same thing. I had put a Twitter poll up earlier mm-hmm. in the day. so all Sorry, San Diego State. I didn't get yours in. Mm-hmm. Uh, but put up the, the Iowa comeback, the Florida State buzzer beater, and the Arizona State buzzer beater and said, which of these was the best? And this one was a lot closer than our who's mm-hmm. the fourth number one seed. Iowa wins with 39.3% of the vote. Florida State 31.5% of the vote and Arizona State 29.2% of the vote. Andy, did America get this right or not?
1: It's a tough one. I, I think I think in terms of the greatest game, you probably have to go with mm. either Iowa or Florida State. Because yeah. yeah, Florida State came from 25 down. 25 down. That is insane. Iowa came from 13 down in the final 90 seconds. Like both right. of those are just like Unprecedented things. Right. Having said that, as I alluded to in the first part, all of the different factors around that Arizona State one really make it stand out to me. Yes, teams have lost on buzzer beaters from half court before. It's rare, but it has happened before, more so than a 25-point swing, more so than a 90-second disaster like Michigan State had. But (laughs) with it being senior night, with it being a you know a top 10 team like a rivalry game, like an intense, right? Like there's a lot of different factors that kind of elevate that one for me. I still think it's not the best game because the excitement was, I mean, it was exciting throughout, but it wasn't, you weren't watching this collapse the way that you were for Florida state, Miami, the way that you were for Iowa and Michigan state. I think I, I think that America in this case got it right. I do think that Iowa's 92nd comeback from being down by 13 points is, is incredible. And I think that you have to go with that. I think that that is kind of the winner here. But I think that the Arizona State one stands out to me because of a lot of factors that aren't necessarily specifically what happened on the court, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, it absolutely makes a lot of sense. Here's what I can most definitively say is that the San Diego State one is fourth on this list, unfortunately. I mean, it was awesome. Yeah, it was great. alone in a vacuum, but these others Mm -hmm. are just so insane. I I would have given the same vote. Iowa, like I love the Florida State one because of how bad they are and how good Miami is, and that they were the team that downed and came back and won Mm -hmm. to knock off Miami, who's trying to win an ACC championship. But I love the Iowa one Mm -hmm. because it's one of those things where – Every single thing has to happen in a yep. perfect way yep. over the course of time, and then it didn't just win the game, they then had to go do it in overtime, mm-hmm. too. And so, I think that puts it over the top yep. for me as well. And you hate it for Michigan. I mean, it's just, yeah, what an emotional roller coaster yeah. their last several weeks have been. And yeah. you yeah. just continue to think of these young men and, and coach no. Tom Izzo and everything they're going through and Fran McCaffrey and the wackadoodle that he is. Uh, what what a thing that is. Well, fun games. And again, we want to hear your votes. Drop it in the comments. Which of these was the wildest story? Andy, it is time to move from the hot tub you were just talking about into the bubble bath. Crack open a six-pack because it's time for our weekly six-pack. And folks, get ready because for the next couple of weeks, these are going to be extra bubbly as we get ready for the NCAA tournament and the selection show, which is just two weeks away. So we start in Chapel Hill, North Carolina, where the Tar Heels have famously not gotten a quad one win on their resume. They've had quad one wins, but they've been vacated because Ohio state's terrible Mm -hmm. Who comes to town. Virginia, who has been struggling themselves, uh, had just lost at Boston college, had beaten Notre Dame by two, I think, and had beaten louisville by three should have lost to duke if the refs didn't be terrible um (laughs) has been struggling north carolina gets out to a 17 point lead 16 at the half and holds on for what is the only quad one win on their resume and finally i can tell you about the lemon oreos because according to pete nance that's what powered him on to be the mvp of this game coach hubert davis left him a, a satchel what do you call it a packet what,
1: what <laughs> I like a satchel. let's
0: go with satchel let's go with satchel a satchel of lemon oreos on coach hubert davis's mm-hmm. couch in his office where pete nance always takes a nap pregame and then goes out and just absolutely goes whack-a-doodle for the tar- i just use whack-a-doodle that's twice in one show i gotta get a new word there anyway <laughs> north carolina wins Elsewhere in the ACC, Clemson dominates NC State and Raleigh uh, by 25 points in a game that wasn't even that close. They've moved up 26 spots in the net and are right back in the bubble conversation themselves. The ACC, dude, I don't even know. (laughs) Andy, what happened on Sunday in the Big Ten in Ann Arbor?
1: Lots of fun stuff happened in the Big Ten. In Ann Arbor specifically, we saw a matchup between two bubble squads, Wisconsin and Michigan. Right now, Wisconsin is last four in Michigan next four out. That is a not super updated report from Joe Lenardi. I'm thinking those teams are going to flip. Uh, Michigan pulled off a victory here, a much needed one. They had a big lead throughout this game. Uh, They had an eight point lead at halftime. They fell behind in the second half and they needed a miracle three pointer from Hunter Dickinson and they got it. Hunter Dickinson knocked it down, sent this game into overtime. Michigan won by eight, three players in double figure, or excuse me, three players over 20 for Michigan in this one really really nice offensive performance from them likely puts them in a mu- in a better spot potentially still not quite in the field I think that they're not really think so closer no. to being borderline but they're still not quite there. Meanwhile, this is a pretty devastating loss for Michigan. It's on the road, Wisconsin, excuse, Wisconsin. Wisconsin. excuse me, it's on the road at Michigan. Uh, but for them to, to especially be leading this game for large chunks of it and to end up losing uh, is, is pretty devastating for them. And they rapidly shrinking hopes of making the NCAA tournament.
0: Yeah, I'm curious to see what happens to Wisconsin following mm-hmm. this result elsewhere yeah. in the Big Ten. This was on Sunday as well. Rutgers at Penn State. Listen, the Nittany Lions are needing some wins to get in. They're another bubbly team. Remember, we're getting super sudsy, super bubbly. Rutgers uh, feels safely in, but they have been struggling themselves lately. And it looked like Penn State was going to get a massive resume building win here at home. They led by 19 points with 17 minutes to go in the game, 42 to 23. (laughs) Here comes Rutgers who ends up winning 59 to 56 on the backs of a 36 to 14 run over that yeah. final 17 minutes Andy. I mean you just you yeah. just can't do, Yeah. You can't do that. If you want to make the NCAA tournament, why? You're a bubble team, everyone's eyes are on you. There's not as many games going on on Sunday, so people are dialed in. Mm-hmm. You know the selection committee saw that and is like, I don't want that team in my tournament right now. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like that's just that's human nature with it. Pretty quiet day for Jalen Pickett, Penn State's stud guard, at least by his standards, 11 points, 9 rebounds, and 5 assists. And, and honestly, this is painful for Penn State, but they do still have two really big regular season games left at Northwestern on Wednesday, and then they host Maryland on Sunday. So still two big opportunities for the Nittany Lions and big uh, also big for Rutgers to stop their slide. They had lost four of five coming in and they get to go to Minnesota on Thursday should be a win. And then they host Northwestern Sunday to close the regular season. And so uh, Northwestern uh, featuring prominently in uh, some pivotal big 10 games down the stretch.
1: Well, moving over to the Pac-12, USC helped themselves in a significant way with a win on the road at Utah. 62-49 was the final score there. That is four wins in a row for the Trojans. They had dropped two road games at the Oregon schools. Losing at Oregon, not going to hurt your resume too much. I'll tell you what, though, losing at Oregon State... That that stung. That one stung them a little bit. Uh, Fortunately, they have bounced back again, four wins in a row. They're now 13-5 and in the Pac-12. That's good for third, and they're tied with Arizona, so that's good for second uh, in in the Pac-12 right now. Now, the big ones for them. I think right now a win over Utah. Utah's not great, but a win on the road at Utah helps them stay in that bubble. They're right around last four in questionable on whether they would be playing a play-in game or not but they finish with two home games against Arizona and Arizona state. That's as good as you can ask for. If you're Andy Enfield, you got to go out and knock them out. You get one of them. You're probably still in the field. You get both of them. No debate at all. No debate at all. Go out, go beat Arizona, go take care of business on your home floor, and USC is going to find themselves in the Big Dance. And look, the Pac-12 needs this. yeah the Pac-12, if they get USC, Arizona, and UCLA, at least they then have three teams. We can deal with the fact that two of those teams are bouncing in the next year, and that's going to be a significant <laughs> issue for the Pac-12 going forward. Maybe uh, Oregon's got a great recruiting class in, maybe they can kind of help uh, help ease the sting a little bit, but USC. They're, they're on the right side right now with two really, really big games coming up.
0: Next, our fifth thing in our six-pack today, this Super Bubble Edition, 24 TCU visiting Texas Tech in Lubbock. Texas Tech comes into this game having moved themselves into fringe bubble conversation after starting out 0-8 in Big 12 play. They're up to 5-10, and meaning they'd won five of their last eight. And... Oh, another close one for Texas Tech. TCU wins 83-82. Jacoby Coles hits two free throws with four seconds to seal it. And then Texas Tech can't get a three to go at the buzzer. Again, TCU is looking great now that they have Mike Miles back, 24 for him. But uh, it's even more devastating for uh, Texas Tech because TCU led most of the way. Texas Tech kept hanging around, hanging around, got a lead. And then they just couldn't hold on at home for me i think this dashes texas tech's hopes because they've got two games left they got to go to kansas on tuesday and then they host oklahoma state on saturday which is a very interesting bubble uh potential Mm -hmm. scenario especially if texas tech can knock off kansas in fog allen on tuesday i don't see it happening but hey It's the big 12 and you never know. So that Oklahoma state team has -hmm. some big opportunities too. Andy. What did they do on Saturday?
1: They kind of blew it.
0: (laughs) Maybe (laughs) not entirely.
1: They had a home game against Kansas state. Obviously Kansas state has been one of the best teams in the big 12, one of the best teams in the NCAA, but Oklahoma state at home two point lead at halftime against Kansas state. They had their opportunities. They had a chance to win this one. Unfortunately, they were not able to put it together. Kansas State outscored them by seven in the second half, wins by five. The Cowboys shot an abysmal five of 23 from deep in this one. Can't shoot 22% from the three point line in the Big 12. You just cannot do it. Now the Cowboys, four straight losses for them. They're five and 10 against quad one teams, eight and 12 when you combine quad one, quad two. They got that quad three loss to Southern Illinois. Things are not great right now for Oklahoma State. They got themselves Monday, as you're listening to this, uh, if you're listening on Monday, they got a huge one in the evening, Baylor at home. They kind of need it, and that is a really, really hard game to win. Baylor has been absolutely rolling as of late. They got Texas Tech on the road on Saturday. Uh, If both those teams are still on the bubble by Saturday, that's going to be a really, really big game. But if Oklahoma State loses here to Baylor – uh, they're going to have a, a pretty significant uphill battle if they want to find themselves in the field of 68 before the end of the season. Well, <laughs> do you want to close or do you want me to close it? I'm already editing it, so it doesn't matter. Oh, you're, 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 right. you're, you're signaling to me. All right, I will do it. Well, that is going to do it for us today. We had an incredible slate of games next last weekend. And you know what? I bet we're going to have an incredible slate of games coming up. No, this week as well. no, stay, I
0: think. nothing good.
1: No, it's going to be all bad games. We can't tell them that. We can't let them know that. All right, well, check us out for the rest of the week. We've got some fantastic content coming your way. We're getting closer and closer to Selection Sunday and the most fun month of the entire year. Leave us a review on iTunes. Subscribe on YouTube. Leave us a comment. Let us know what you think about the polls that we tossed into the pod. If you want to follow us on Twitter, uh, you can do so at LockedOnCBB. Find all of the polls there. Uh, again, great week of stuff coming up. Really, really enjoy all of the patronage and looking forward to chatting with you all soon. For now, peace.